This is the Agile Thoughts Podcast, and I'm Lance Kine. Hi, I'm David Bernstein, and uh, <laughs> I've been a software developer for actually longer than I care to admit. And I've had the great good fortune of training professional software developers in my career for about 30, 25 years, something like that. So I've trained about 10,000 in XP practices over the last 20 years. But before that, it was object-oriented programming and, and new technologies and stuff like that. This is a continuing episode of a series with David Scott Bernstein about his book, Beyond Legacy Code. And in this episode, we have a big lineup of special guests. Ron Quartel, Jeff Hoover, Len Gresky, Dan Davis, Butch Howard, and George Walters. What I like about this book is it does speak to the developer. You heard me say, because this is my world, my problem is how to, it doesn't quite help me make the pitch to management to, to go down this path. But it does, and that might not be what it's designed for. I would be bringing again what I, what I want to bring to, the, to this conversation. But it does talk to the developer. It has some good metaphors and, and, and language, and it has inspirational things in there. So I think that's the, 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 that's the function you want when you're speaking to developers. You want to inspire them I to also, try. I also wanted to help developers understand some subtle points about development that I see a lot of people miss. Like people go through the mechanics of the process, but they miss the meaning. I think this is especially true with the XP practices, like, like test-first development. I most often see, nine times out of ten, if people are doing TDD, that they're doing it wrong. They think that they need to have 100% code coverage, and they, they think that a unit is a unit of code, and so they write tests for everything. And then, you know, the purpose of doing TDD, one of the purposes is to have uh, good unit tests to support us in refactoring. But when they write tests against implementation and they write lots and lots of tests, it blocks them from refactoring because they go to refactor their code and all these tests break. So that's not at all a good thing. So I'm trying to help people understand how to do it better, how to do it so that they get the result because the way a lot of people are doing it, they're actually getting the opposite result. And, and that's actually learning the TDD as a brand because then they have this negative effect and then there's a bunch of people that do it incorrectly and they have that network negative effect that, oh, TDD doesn't work, blah, blah, blah. Right, right. And in fact, there's a whole movement out there called TDD is dead because of this. And they have a lot of valid points, but it's not because TDD is bad. It's because the way we're practicing is wrong. Yeah. It's a power tool, just like, um, just like a chainsaw, right? And you can cut more wood with a chainsaw than a handsaw, but you've got to know how to use it. You've got to know which end to hold. You've got to know that you've got to turn it on before you rub it against the tree. All those things <laughs> can make it work correctly. And it's obvious when you talk about a physical thing, and it's completely not obvious to all of us when we talk about virtual things because it's intangible. So having techniques to wrap our brain around virtual things is really important. That's what we developers do. The world needs this too. So my next book is really about how to share a lot of these concepts with the rest of the world so we can think more clearly. Because that's what we do. We model. We model things. And we're expert modelers as software developers. 
And these modeling tools that we have, conceptually, the way we understand things, the way we lay things out, the rest of the world does not do this. And they're overwhelmed with complexity. It's interesting. Watch, especially a, a great developer. Like, I do this sometimes with Ron. So I listen to his conversation. And um, if that was your first mistake. Don't listen to Ron's conversations. Sorry. Yeah, it's, I, I, <laughs> and I see that all of, all of us developers do this, where like we talk about things, behaviors, or something that we're thinking about, but we associate it with an entity, with a, with a who. The what is always associated with a who, right? This comes from object-oriented programming, right? Because there is no behavior that we create that's not owned by an object. The rest of the world doesn't do this. Like, I'm getting to work with some, some of my hero scientists because I've always been passionate about science. And they're brilliant, but they miss this point. And I see them getting really confused because of it. So there's a lot of little things that we do as developers to help us think more clearly. And I think the rest of the world can really benefit from that. Oh, that's interesting. So that's my next one. Wow. Kind of cognitive tools I'm hearing. Okay. Yeah, kind of. I'll just speak about my my uh, what I've been challenged with lately, and see if see if it connects with with what if if you have feedback on this. So I'm trying to measure I'm trying to measure economics of refactoring. There's there's like about four papers out there. There may be more, but there's four papers that I have and that I know of. They talk about cost modeling using something called Como C. These are capital letters C O M M O. Um, do you have any? Constructive cost models from Barry Bain, Kokomo. Kokomo, there we are. Sorry. Have you gone down this journey of trying to find cost models or uh, do you have any feedback no, for me on that? Okay. I'm sorry. I just focus on developer practices and I figure that if we are if we find ways to be more effective in our work, that is going to drop our costs. So I think a lot about the cost of ownership for software, but I think about how we can improve the efficiency. And that doesn't mean like pointing to people, but more towards the process. Can our process be more effective? Because honestly, most software development processes that I see, I'm a bright guy, but I can't think of a less efficient way to do the work than what I see people doing. Like aside from blindfolding ourselves and tying our hands behind our back, I don't see how, <laughs> I don't see any other ways to be less efficient. Lots of ways to be more efficient. Uh, here, here's an idea. I would like to go around Robin and hear from uh, uh, other folks on the phone. Like, what is the problem you're trying to solve related to legacy code that you would like to learn or hear more about? Yeah, or if there was a benefit that you got from the book, that would be helpful for the author to know so I can do more of it in the future. That'd be awesome. I would love to know from you guys. So can I call on you? We just each one. So, um, so Lance, go ahead since you're so it's hard to pick one thing. So I, I already talked about, I like that you described TDD in a very clear and concise way. And that's something that I'll probably use with clients who, it's hard to learn TDD from a book. I think you did a good job of, of, of doing that. Uh, you know, and so hopefully that will remove some of the confusion that we see with people doing TDD. So that's, that's a, a key takeaway that I have. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. That's really helpful. Cool. Len, how about you? Well, as I said before, I think that the, the the thing that really resonated with me is that I've experienced a lot of this, and and in particular the you know the the comment where you referred to Jeff Sutherland's comment about the number one success factor in 
you know, agile adoption is demand technical excellence. That what I found that when, when I lead teams in calling them to a higher purpose of building quality work, that setting a standard of excellence challenges people and and you find out who your a players are because those are the people that want to work at an outstanding level and those are the people that you can you can build a team around yeah i i think i find that i don't know if it's universal but many developers that i see really really want to do the right thing and it's not that they they're unwilling it's just that they don't quite always know what the right thing is to do because we have so many options and things. And, and another piece that that's not like explicitly stated but is sort of the pattern in your in your book is that when you break it down the practices are actually pretty simple yes that's really what i wanted to get to yes totally totally and they work and when you see that from those, that simple perspective, they're even more powerful. Actually. Thank right. you for thinking. In, in, in contrast to something like Kokomo, that's like wildly complex and, and unwieldy. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean you give Kokomo a thumbs down? Len, I should just ignore that, that uh, lead. <laughs> well, there are a number of things that we're already doing. They're a lot more effective than that. Oh, okay. Sounds like I got to follow up and find out. All right. Thanks, Len. Dan had a, um, comment that I also agreed with is that we both connected with the, we love the term eternal principles related to software development. Maybe you could tell us why, why. So are these principles eternal? Why do you think they are? Uh, the term I use is first principles. First, not uh, eternal. First, which okay. is a term from Marcus Aurelius. Okay. Remember Russell Crowe in the, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 So first principle is um, the, the first principle that he was talking about, Marcus Aurelius was talking about, is the golden rule, do unto others as you have them do unto you, which is a first principle because pretty much all our ethics and morality our society is based upon that one simple statement. Our laws are based upon that one simple statement. So a first principle is a principle that you can derive other principles from. That's the idea. Uh, okay. Sorry, Dan, I spoke for you, but uh, I was just trying to help out. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> hey, Dan. I loved your comment before, too, by the way, your comments. Did you, have any, did you have any feedback or closing thoughts to give to David before we sign off? No, I think it was awesome. I'd love to, to connect. I think there was a few things, you know, that I would, I would love to riff off with you if we ever got the chance. So, Any like, time, yeah. please. Oh, you yeah. can reach me through my website and you can even uh, schedule a call with me. We can chat. I'd love that. Sure, perfect. Lovely. Hi, I'm David Bernstein, and uh, <laughs> I've been a software developer for actually longer than I care to admit. And I've had the great good fortune of training professional software developers in my career for about 30, 25 years, something like that. So I've trained about 10,000 in XP practices over the last 20 years, but before that it was object-oriented programming and, and new technologies and stuff like that. Is there a call to action you'd like the audience to do? Yeah, either check out the book if, if you're interested in the book, because it's accessible to a lot of people, managers and non-managers. And for developers, if you want to take a deep dive, check out my courses. They're, I offer them every couple of months online now. So you can go to tobeagile.com, T-O-B-E-A-G-L-E.com. 
usually you can find pretty prominently what my next class is. This one is August 17th, 2021, the next one. You also do private classes too. So, oh, yes. Um, yes. Some of the coolest clients in the world too. <laughs> so yes, I teach private classes. And these are, again, intensive. You know, usually uh, I when I do it in person, they're like five days, but I've been doing online with four hour sessions over 10 sessions, just so it's more digestible. Mm-hmm. And, and in, inside organizations. Yes. Or organizations, yeah. That's what I mostly have done. Not so much since the pandemic, but before the pandemic, it was mostly private clients. Now I'm doing mostly public classes. I know what I was going to ask you. We're right at the end, and I'm going to have to drop a little early because I've got to be ready for the next session. It was about the sub some some men tech. Yeah, yeah. Yes, this is new. So Summit is a Swedish word for together, and this is Emily Beige's mm-hmm. uh, notion uh, from working with Llewellyn Falco on mm-hmm. some coaching. Llewellyn kind of came up with this idea, and he's. He's one of my favorite people in the world. He's so amazingly brilliant, and he's just getting more and more brilliant. And I had the honor of working with him last year on a project with a client. So so he has this kind of mob coaching, and this is another way to learn. It's so powerful where we do mobbing online together. So you guys are probably familiar with mob programming. Woody Zool kind of made that popular and... and, uh, it's a great way to collaborate. So it's it's also a great way to create a community of people working together. Yes, I've I've proposed that as one of the next books for book club. The the uh, Emily Emily's book. Emily's, I, I love Emily's book. I I I wasn't sure whether it would be really full of rich information. It really is. It's a, it's really worth reading if you're interested in the coaching stuff. I can't wait to meet her sometime. Check out the show notes because we have some goodies in there, like a video of David where he frames up the problems with software development. And there's other links to things about David there as well, like to his company and to his book, Beyond Legacy Code. Where are the show notes? The show notes are right there in your podcast player, if that's what you use to listen to this audio. If instead you're downloading this podcast from the website, go back to the website and there you'll see the show notes where you downloaded this MP3. This is the last episode of the Beyond Legacy Code series. You can conveniently find the whole series together on one page if you go to your favorite search engine and type in Agile Thoughts Beyond Legacy Code.